0: I'm gonna help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes, click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. And if you're watching video today, I'm actually standing, cause I'm at an Airbnb in Baltimore, Maryland. Came here to see some clients. But with the magic of the internet, we have the privilege of having Maxime here. He is a broker in Montreal, Canada. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Omar. So what do you love about real estate?
1: What do I love about real estate? Um, I love the art of negotiation. I love the aspect of showing a home and you know, getting rid of, of someone's you know, very important asset. Those are two things that really got me into real estate and the actual uh, construction of the buildings and the homes. So I, was, uh, I have about six years of experience in construction. Nice. So that's where I built my, my passion in the business.
0: Brilliant. You know, there's probably like three different groups. One would be realtors just starting out. And you know, how do we get them to uh, get to a plateau where they're like, oh my God, this is a career and I can uh, make a living here and I can get better at this. The second group would be team leaders because uh, it's a different animal leading a group of realtors. Uh, some say it's like uh, leading cats. But mm-hmm. uh, And the third one is very much uh, just anyone in, uh, in the industry that has been there for a while has reached a certain level of success and they've plateaued and how do we get them to break free and get to the next level of excellence and productivity? So let's talk about, oh, sorry, you're about to respond to that, Maxine
1: yeah i was just gonna say i mean there's there is exactly different types of realtors uh well to break plateaus you got to grow your team right you got to make sure uh to be able to handle the amount of workload that you take in with the amount of people that you have so when i first started i wasn't on my own i didn't have my own team i started off uh in a team right so mm-hmm. i worked for the number the place one to start. yeah exactly number one broker in quebec for about four years and then i broke out onto my own and built my own team afterwards so that's how i broke my plateau you know, what's kind of interesting
0: is uh, uh, great leaders are the ones that actually want to incubate out people underneath them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like when you grow up and leave and are doing interesting things for great leaders, that's like a success. It's like, all right, I groomed another successful realtor that's starting his own team or her team. Mm-hmm. So about uh, new realtors coming in. One of the bedrock things to do is uh, prospecting Yep, and uh, So where do people struggle most with prospecting? Because, you know, they're talking to strangers or feel self-conscious. So walk me through kind of what you see as some of the problem areas in doing that activity, because that's, uh, you know, at the heart of the business.
1: Well, prospecting is something that I still do today, right? Even though my business is very successful and we do have a pretty heavy volume of of transactions every year, I still prospect every single day, right? So I get on the phones, my brokers get on the phones and the most common feedback in terms of prospecting is, you know, the biggest pushback is the actual, you know, want to do it. The people don't necessarily feel comfortable uh, cold calling someone because of the the fear of their response. However, I don't see how it's possible if you don't have the drive, right? If you don't break that, that kind of barrier where you're not gonna feel like you're bothering someone and you treat the conversation like, uh, you know, like any other conversation you would have in, in real life, then people see and sense that sense of you know, personality and sense of you know, comfort through the phone, right? So once you break that, that barrier, then you'll be able to, to have success on the, uh, in the prospecting calls.
0: All right. So let's take a look at, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Maxim, and I'll help out if we need to, is uh, what are five ways to break out of that uh, state of fear mm-hmm. and actually start executing? So well, what's first the all, one thing you could do? Yeah.
1: Well, one thing we can really do is, is know your stats, know your area, mm-hmm. uh, know the recent sales in the area. That's one key aspect, uh, you know, to make people feel comfortable and to make people feel that you know what you're talking about. And you have to bring a sense of value to the conversation, right? So you have to you know know if the neighbors sold and how much they sold for or two house, two streets down, how much they sold for, and that actually gives you a an in in into the conversation and then after that you can build from that uh, from that information. Yeah, it's almost like having a university
0: degree that lets you get a job, but to keep it, you need to add value and this just knowing the stats in the neighborhood gives you the ability to "Quote unquote, get the job, but then it's your personality and your work ethic that gets you going there. So number one, though, your stats.
1: What's number two? Number two is, I'd say, more a sense of uh, a personal level. Yeah, getting into a conversation and not a business call, right? So people can sense that. Asking about, you know, something about their their home or getting a little bit more personal, so that you can they can build a sense of relationship with the uh, the person across the phone.
0: So and tell me, we're going to go to number three in a minute. So don't lose track of that. Have you ever had a call from someone that's a stranger and just the warmth of their voice and the familiarity with you? You're like, do I know this person? Like you just feel this connection. And I think that's one thing that people should strive to do. So don't just, uh, I was working with, uh, this company, helping them with their, uh, outbound calling. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I was noticing one of their sales reps when they were actually calling, there was a tightness in their voice. And a speed of delivery was a little too fast, so I said, "Okay." Uh, so I recorded their end of the conversation. Then I said, "Do me a favor. Who's your best friend?" They go, "Oh, John's my best friend." I said, "Where's John right now? At home. Call John up and invite him to the movies this weekend." And recorded that call, and that was like warm, slower pace of delivery, just a totally different feel to it. And then let them hear the both recordings. This what you sound like on a cold call. This what you sound like on a friend, and that. uh Contrast between the two was enough for them to go. Oh, that's what you're talking about. And the next call they made to a client, it was had warmth in it. They were slowing down and what they were saying, and they were making more connections. So yeah, how you connect on the
1: phone is important. What's number three? Number three for successful prospecting, I'd say the follow up, the, the the relationship that you build with the person, and how much you're going to follow up afterwards. That's what's going to get you the business, right? Uh, that initial phone call is important, yes, but. You know how you follow up with that person is, is even more important, right? So you're never going to get the lead on the first on the first call. Maxine, you don't understand.
0: I don't want to bother them. You know they might think I'm like greedy or pushy, and that's the stuff we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at uh, working with this real estate team, and one of the guys, who's their number one sales guy, had uh, got this listing, and the team leader said, "Well, how many texts did you send this person?" He said, "It was the twenty-first text." Mm-hmm. And he didn't remember any of the others. It was just, he was in the mode to basically list that thing when that text came in. And he was so grateful it came in because you Mm -hmm. know what would happen if his text wouldn't have come in that day, he would have gone with someone else and all the other 20 texts before he had forgotten. So dear listeners and viewers, you can't be too persistent and it all comes down from intent. If your intent is to serve, it comes across. If the intent is I have to have this deal that also comes across and scares people. So what is number uh,
1: four, I guess? I'd say it has a direct relation with number three, but keep a solid database so that you can be uh-huh. organized in your follow-up, right? So if you call the person and you know keep notes on what you, what you said in every conversation so that you know where to take off, if that conversation only happens again, uh, you know, a couple of months down the line, then that would be a very key, uh, a key factor in, uh, in securing that business. Brilliant. And do you have any others to add to this list? I think that pretty much rounds it up. I mean, if you. If you if-
0: I'll add one to it. Get a process that you're using. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a process, you can steal it from a team leader or another realtor. They'll be more than happy to show it to you. And it's going to be pretty good. And, but it can get better. And you can't improve what you're doing unless you have a process and you're following it consistently. Mm-hmm. Then you can go to your team leader or a trainer and say, it's not working out. And they'll say, oh, you need to tweak the second step, tweak it this way. And all of a sudden you start getting dramatically better results. So get a process that's going to help you out dramatically and adding one more to that to push me very much set your intentions for the call before you get on the call, mm-hmm. like this call, I'm going to be of service. I'm going to connect. I'm going to add value to this person and they're going to be glad that they picked up the phone and just having that mindset before you get on the call uh, changes your demeanor throughout. So that's one area is call reluctance. Where is another place realtors, uh, especially new ones, kind of uh, hold themselves back and don't do as well as they should?
1: Door knocking. That's, that's to me is the most efficient way to do it, right? Because you have the personal contact. That, uh, that is something I did a lot at the beginning of my career and it still serves me till today. So give us some piece of how to do door knocking, how to start that
0: conversation. How would you recommend people do that?
1: You first of all, you build your marketing material to advertise yourself, and mm-hmm. you just go into your your target area. Because I don't suggest that you, anybody just goes for a global whole city and try it to make it no everywhere. no yeah. sense. You gotta target uh, an area where you're gonna be door knocking. You gotta, you know, have some sort of a mapping system uh, where you keep track of doors that you've knocked at, uh, and then after that, you just you you get on the road and you park your car and you and you go door to door. And you get a sense of, of people and what they want to do. And it's the same thing as, as, as getting on the phone, but uh, you're, you're getting that personal contact, which is getting you a little bit of a step uh,
0: ahead. Absolutely. And having a reason to knock the door other than, hi, I'm a realtor, I'm hungry, and I want to make a sale. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, hey, did you know this house sold? Did you know your values are going up? And just that kind of information, people go, oh, I had no idea, really, what's going on? So I love that door knocking. Uh, what would be another area that people struggle in?
1: Well, people struggling or another advice on, on how to prospect? Prospecting. Okay. So we've got calling, we have got door knocking. What else do we have? The most uh, success that I've had with uh, this type of prospecting was uh, center of influence. Calling your center of influence to me is the uh, my bread and my bread and butter. Uh, it's really what I do. I go through my contact list every now and then, and I just go through every single contact that I have. And I, if it's a past client, I you know give them stats on. Uh, what his home is, is evaluated at since he bought it, uh, how the market's doing. You you provide them with, you know, a little bit of sense of of, of a personal touch, right? You'll say, how, how's it going? How's the wife? How's the kids? And on the other end, you give them a little bit of value uh, in terms of what, what's going on in the real estate market today. Yeah, I think always adding value, having that person uh, hang up the
0: phone and that evening talking to their missus saying, Oh, Maxim called and did you know Mm -hmm. my house has gone up 20% or did you know that this major retailer is moving into our neighborhood?
1: And yeah, if you can do that, makes perfect sense. So it's very important. Adding in, do you know anybody that's going to, you know, wants to sell their home or anybody wants to buy? Adding that question in at the end could always, you know, help you get that little uh, extra business if ever they do, or let's say they had a conversation with someone a week ago that, you know, they wanted to sell or they were looking to buy, then, you know, it'll click with them and they'll, they'll give you that referral right away. So let's kind of move over
0: to uh, your team leader. If You've had a team for a while and you've probably done some amazing things and you've probably had some missteps. Mm-hmm. Like what was one of the missteps you made that you learned from and said, okay, this is how I become a better leader.
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, well, building the system, building the system wasn't, wasn't easy and getting good staff, those were those are my were my biggest uh, my biggest things you know growing my team uh, finding good people finding good admin and then finding good brokers uh, wasn't easy but I believe now I have uh, a set of, of really strong uh, people in my team which is helping me uh, you know really boost up my business so
0: if you giving advice to you know realtors that reach a certain level of performance and they decide okay I need to actually build a team mm-hmm. what would be five pieces of advice you'd give uh, New team leaders that they should uh, know before they uh, start building a team.
1: Manage your costs would be number one. So give me a talk more about that. Well, I mean, you have to look at if it's going to be worth it for you. If you if you have enough business uh, to to feed your your potential brokers, to pay your secretary, to you know pay your cold caller. So you know keep your keep your numbers straight. Make sure that you know you're not going to be turning into the negative. Um, if ever you're paying a salary to a broker, if he's all in commission, these are all little things that you need to take into consideration when you, uh, when you start building your team, when you afford it. So that's number one, you know, affordability. What's number two, having a good structure in the office, right? Good division of tasks, uh, so that your team can be organized and people know what they're doing. So you avoid uh, chaos and clutter. Love that. Number three. Providing a motivating you know, environment, a, a nice office where people could you know, interact with each other and keeping you know, it's such, a, such a high-paced business, right? So you mm-hmm. want to be all on the same page. So having a system where everybody's on the same page, uh, having an office where you keep your, you know, all your data, your records, uh, having a board with all the properties and the, and the accepted offers mm-hmm. on it so that you could you know, all be on the same page and you avoid mistakes. Love that. Number four. Number four, um,
0: that's a good question. So I'll, I'll, I'll toss number four out. Uh, yeah, go, go so number, number four, so really checking in with each individual team member because everyone's a unique person
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just really looking at each week what went well, what didn't go well, and especially on those uh, calls that people make. I always get people to record a great call and one that didn't go well and that way allows the leader to kind of give them direct feedback. Oh, that was brilliant. We don't do that right now. We're going to actually make that part of our process so the entire team learns. And once that went south, sometimes it's hard to see yourself. But when you have your team leader listen to the thing and say, oh, you did a good job here, but this is where it went south. I would handle this differently. And that kind of direct feedback really helps in getting your agents to volunteer the good call on the bad call saves you from wasting, you know, 500 hours trying to find something to give them feedback on. And that way it allows them to accelerate and be uh, better, faster.
1: hundred mm-hmm. percent. And if I, if I could add to that, also listening to your staff as well, listening to, you know, getting their input, you know, making them feel included and just having a dynamic where, you know, we all help each other, right? I could be a team leader, right? But I'm nothing without the team. Absolutely. We'll make that number five so we don't make you sweat today. So thanks for being a good sport and heavy
0: lifting. So here's my thoughts on what you need to do to make a great team. You need people to trust in the leader. Mm -hmm. They need to trust in each other. They need to trust in the processes that are built. And then there needs to be one hell of a kick-ass amazing vision that people go, you know what, that's worth fighting for. And the job for the leader very much is threefold. Number one, kick-ass amazing vision. Two, building a culture. And that's what we talked around. How do we get a place where people want to go above and beyond the duty, where they want to help each other? It's not about them and their ego. It's about how do we win? And the third thing is how do you grow the overall value of the thing that you're building? And I think just doing that stuff is, is critically important. And if you get a great team, the whole is much greater than the sum of the parts. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, most teams, the sum of the parts are greater than the whole, because something happens when people come together. Uh, There's like office politics and egos and all that kind of stuff that gets in the way of leaders being able to lead effectively. I
1: agree.
0: So the version of you that was there uh, four years ago, Maxim, was probably sucks compared to the person sitting in front of me right now talking that you've gotten better and smarter and more efficient. So there's a better version of you out there in the future. Let's say two years in the future. So, what are you what are you working on right now to step into that, you know, that more amazing version of you two years from now? Are you lear- What are you reading? What are you studying? What are you working on uh, that's uh, allowing you to get better and stronger and faster?
1: Well, I'm always looking at ways to uh, to improve the business, right? So, it could be you know different divisions of the business. Uh, right now, we're working on our commercial side of it. We just have nice. To, uh, and a really, really, really good broker that's going to be bringing in some good numbers in terms of the commercial side. I focus on residential, but that's what we're developing uh, into right now. So that's something that we're looking forward to in the next couple of months. Uh, besides that, um, you know, I'm always looking to grow my team, but in terms of brokers, I think we hit a plateau. I don't want a huge team. I think mm-hmm. that's just redundant and it's not, uh, it's not effective. Mm-hmm. So we're getting the commercial side of things. We're Always building new systems to try to be more efficient in organization. Uh, as the business grows, we got to keep up with it. So those little small little tools that we're putting, you know, at our, at our clients' disposals and at our disposal uh, is are key things uh, to help us grow the business in the future. Nice. Maxim, what brings you joy in your work? Pardon me? What brings you joy in your work? What brings me joy in my work? I mean, I love the job. In terms of you know the day to day, right? You know com- communicating with clients, uh, mm-hmm. having my team, right? This is my little, this is my kind of a baby that I built in the last couple of years, uh, and I'm actually enjoying and seeing it grow. And then there's the whole client aspect too, right? You build amazing relationships with people. Uh, you help them sell a very important asset. There's probably some of them, you know, the most important asset they own, right? And it's just that process, right? Taking them from A to Z, uh, which to me is very fulfilling brilliant what's one mind hack you know
0: a technique you use to be more effective uh, more productive happier what's something you'd like to share with listeners and viewers
1: what comes on on the top of my head i'd say don't care what people think you know a lot of people out there there's a lot of competition a lot of people will try to you know talk bad about you or they'll just you know be you know have negative comments about your success My question is, is just, you know, my, my advice is just stay, put your head down, keep working, work hard and, you know, don't listen to all that white noise that's around.
0: Ah, love it. Is there a question I should have asked you that I did not?
1: Off the top of my head? No, I don't, uh, I don't see anything else.
0: All right. Thanks so much for coming on the show. And thanks for the heavy lifting because, you know, you weren't prepared for any of these things. We don't uh, share that. And as I come on, it's like, tell me five ways to do this and tell me five ways to do that. It's like, holy crap, what's going on here? But appreciate the expertise and the wisdom. And I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to
0: iTunes and leave a five-star rating.